Hey guys, welcome back. This is CourtsAheat.com, and we're back on our podcast episode, a very rare podcast episode. This is our Sunday special, one to kick off the week, right? One to keep you guys fun, one to kick off um, this week um, a little bit differently. So instead of running Monday to Friday, we're going to be running Sunday to Friday, and here's why. We want to give this extra day because I came up with this amazing topic this fun topic that we're going to be talking about a little bit after our break news statement after we get through the meat of it to get into i guess what you could call it the supreme like dessert of all of the meal like everything at the end with a chair on top this topic is going to be amazing because this is what fans wanted to see and this could be between two teams or even free, we'll throw in a third team for fun. But for now, we're going to talk about breaking news. But first, whether you're new on this podcast or you've been a returning uh, subscriber, listener, we appreciate all of you guys and we're so thankful you guys are tuning in each and every day or whenever you guys can come around to the podcast. We have people re-watch, uh, re-listening to every single of our podcast episodes. And if you think I'm lying, I am not kidding. That is not exaggeration. Then we have people that are here, loyal fans that come here every single day at a.m., at noon, or whenever the podcast episode does drop. So that has been all through the power of connection of the internet, of social media right because everybody has a social media account majority of the people at least have a social media account and that can be from pinterest that can be to snapchat that could be to twitter that can be to facebook facebook has been growing in numbers right it has over a billion users right and that would be also for instagram if i'm getting those statistics correct because it has a wide range of audiences, a wide range of ages, right? So majority of the people on this planet and pretty much across the entire world have social media, have at least one form of social media, one account, whether that is inactive or active, whether you're posting to it or not, you have an account on social media. And that is how we've been engaging with you guys. That's how we've been able to promote our podcast for new and uh, continuing uh, listeners to listen day in and day out on our podcast episodes. And also, we're updating that on the brand new website, which has just been kept getting modified. Just things being brand new. We have so many new things being planned, but... You can find us on CourtsAheat.com. That's where you can find breaking news, the membership club, the fan favorites, our gear shop, our clothing shop, our regular shop, where you just go to CourtsAheat.store, and that would take you to our Macari link, and we're able to get even more exclusive deals and just different things like that. And, of course, our podcast, if you scroll all the way down below on the website, whether you are on mobile and or desktop. Now, social media. I tell I tell everyone this. The easiest way to find us truly is A, going to Google.com, 
and searching Courtside Heat, one word, Courtside Heat, and you'll be able to find the website, Mercari links, uh, podcast links, like uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcast, all of our social media, and so much more. And, or option B would be this, just try and remember every single social media link or something that you know that you're comfortable with on the internet, like on the app store, right? And that would be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, whatever you're uh, comfortable with and most uh, handy, most like uh, tech savvy to deal with. Because I was, I was talking to uh, my one of my friends, right? And I told him for the life of me, I can't use Facebook. I don't use it enough. I post on there, but I really don't use Facebook. I'm more comfortable, more tech savvy with Twitter and vice versa or any other uh, platform that you guys use for social media, right? So here are the social media links. Here are the main social media links that you guys connect with us and just see all the awesome content that's coming out and all the awesome promo codes, exclusive stuff, and just updates in general. And that is twitter.com slash courtsideheat, instagram.com slash courtsideheatnba, facebook.com slash courtsideheat. Tombor.com slash courtside heat, uh, courtside heat dot medium dot com for you medium users. And then, of course, we have courtside heat dot com, which is the main website as we've been talking. And of course, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. And also, like I was talking on Friday's edition of the podcast. We uh, had an interview with Voyage Phoenix Magazine, so we're going to keep that. We're going to post that link down below on any of the podcast streaming uh, places, right? Like iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, etc., etc. And it's a really cool interview to get to know me, the owner, better. Of course, he, the saw process of course, he the hardships, what's thrilling, how it came to be, and really just seeing what an inspiring story it was. It is listed under voyagephoenix.com. I believe that is their URL. And you could just go to their inspiring stories. But instead of doing all of that, just go to the link down below. It'll link you right to my interview. But I do encourage you to go see other local Arizona talents, our local uh, Arizona entrepreneurs across the valley. Because I've checked them out, and they have so many inspiring stories. And that is something you do not want to miss out on. And I highly recommend that. And of course, I'll have the membership uh, subscription where you can purchase that at, and I have my uh, styling, profile, and gear shop, uh, clothing brand, whatnot, from hats to t-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, tank tops, uh, pajamas for children, or men or women that want to wear that. Then we have mugs, then we have everything that you can imagine, stickers. We legit have everything. And hey, for you people that still like to wear face masks and want to ensure your safety, we have customized face masks that will make you look stylish and make you look unique and different. 
So yeah, we got mom, we got everything, and it is truly exciting. And without further ado, I believe that is everything. Remember to rate us, to subscribe, to just review us. It truly helps us in this podcasting because we're coming up on the one-year anniversary. If we have not already had on the on the podcast, we already... We've been here for a while. We've been trying very hard, and we just ask that everyone just like, subscribe, and review us. It helps us. It helps with the platforms that we're on, the algorithms that they're using, so we're able to get better. As we've been on here for a year now, and we just want to keep it going and keep on growing. So if you guys can, that will be a huge thanks from me and the entire Quartzite Heap um company team you know that would just be amazing so without further ado let's jump right into it let's jump into the meat of it let's talk about the sunday special let's talk about what breaking news what has happened over the course of the uh from friday to sunday now of the time of when this recording is happening right so first one paul Millsap. The Phoenix Suns wanted to get him alongside JaVale McGee. However, remember when it couldn't because of cap space? Because they were already in the luxury tax of re-signing both of their point guards of Chris Paul and Cameron Payne. They signed JaVale McGee. They got Frank to tank Kaminsky back. And I believe maybe one or two more players were added on by re-signing or just signing them, Correct. So, Paul Millsap. Everybody liked Paul Millsap. Everybody rumored the Phoenix Suns to be on the Paul Millsap train. They never rejected him. They just did not have the money. However, Paul Millsap, who's still a free agent, who, who departed away from the Denver Nuggets, has free contending teams to sign him. And that would be... The Golden State Warriors, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Brooklyn Nets. They all have interest in signing Paul Millsap. And that is huge for the forward because that means he'll be on a playoff-bound team, a playoff contention team, like in the Warriors, Lakers, Nets. The Nets have gone to... And Nets have gone deep into the playoffs. They've shown that until injuries derailed their conference championship uh, series against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Lakers were booed in the first round, but injuries also derailed them. But still, um, just poor performance against a good team who's also facing injuries, like the Phoenix Suns with Chris Paul and Cameron Payne, right? And then you got the Warriors who are still scrapping to get into the playoffs. They were in the playing tournament. Injuries really killed them, most notably Clay Thompson, James Wiseman, a little bit on Stephen Curry, and just guys coming in and out, right? But the, the team, one of these three teams that could potentially sign him are not low-caliber teams. They're high-caliber teams. Like, the... The Warriors have Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, James Wiseman. The Lakers have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, 
Carmel Anthony, Russell Westbrook. Um, then the Nets have Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Blake Griffin, Joe Harris, guys like that. So it's like they're not. <coughs> um, my apologies, sorry for that. So these teams are not, um, not playoff bound. They are very much playoff bound. They've been there before and most recently, right? So for Paul Millsap, this is huge. Everybody's seeing what Paul Millsap is and what his like leadership is, what his role is, how he's. Uh, performed in that, how he's impacted not only himself, the role, but also the team on and off the court in the locker room. He averaged nine points and four rebounds on 20 points. It was a low season for him, one of the lowest since 2006 to 2007. However, I will say this the Nuggets were dealing with their own injuries. Not using that as an excuse, but he is a great forward. He is a great big man. And this is a valuable piece for any team. Because he'll put up a solid 9-10 point game along with five, four to 5 rebounds per game. That is not solid. And for the Nets, that will give him a guy that will do the dirty work. A guy that will go in there and get all of the hard rebounds. That will contest the shots. Not be afraid to take contact because no offense to Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. They don't want to take contact. They don't want to risk injury. They are not defensive players. They are not wanting to take physicality to a whole new level. Paul Millsap does. And for the forward position, that is huge because the man... Um, uh, Paul Millsap's height is, let me look, he's six foot seven. That is great. So for them, getting another big man now do dirty work like Blake Griffin, that will help tremendously in trying to clean up the paint, trying to clean up the, uh, rim, uh, rim shots, the driving shots, right? And just trying to put that body in there to say, you know what, you're not going to be able to score easy on us. You're not going to be able to rebound easy on us. We have this big in there that's seasoned, that's a veteran, that's going to be able to do the dirty work and say, not in my house. And that goes to the Warriors, too, because Curry, Clay, and Wiggins are not going to put physicality, put their bodies on the line and say, I'm going to sacrifice my body to take a shot to block a shot, to draw a foul, take a charge, right, to really get up in their grill, get up in their uh, space and really make them uncomfortable. Draymond Green will to a certain extent. That's the one thing I do respect about Draymond Green. He has fight and I respect that. He, he does not back down from a challenge. I believe he'll take physicality, but with Paul Millsap, he'll take physicality to a whole new level by weight and by height and just by the pure strength and athleticism he has in that area that he guards, right? That he protects. And for the Lakers, he would also be good, but here's how I would view him with the Lakers. They got so many big guys. They got so many veterans like Trevor Reese, like Dwight Howard, like all these different guys. However, 
I'm not putting it as a negative, but let me look. They got all those guys, right? So, to me, he would also fit on there. And I, I can see why they're doing it. But I, I don't know if it makes sense, if you know what I mean. Because they added Carmel, they added Dwight Howard, they added Trevor Rees, they added Russell Westbrook. So they're adding a ton of guys. I don't think they care about uh, spending the money. But how would you utilize him in the best possible position? Because LeBron James can be considered a forward. Dwight Howard, to some extent, can be considered a forward. Carmelo could potentially be considered a forward. Um, so it's all about how you manage him and how you get that under control, if that makes sense. Because if you have all these pieces, you don't want them to go to waste. And I'll give you a prime example. The WWE... And I respect, I respect Vince McMahon, I respect everybody within that organization. One of the greatest organizations, one of the greatest professional wrestling uh, entertainment companies of all time. It's not even close. They saved pro wrestling, right? But Vince, over the years, have been trying to buy up all the wrestlers, get all the talent so that TNA or Impact cannot get them, nor any other promotion, GCW, whatever they're called, AEW, to a certain extent, couldn't. However, that was failing them at some point because, like, we have too much talent. We can't cram them all into these free-hour windows to these scheduled times because we want to push all these next superstars, these next wrestlers. They give them a push. They give them into different segments, whether that be a 10-minute segment, a 5-minute segment, a 15-minute segment. Right at the time, it's very... So we got tough on them because they're like, we got too much talent and we can't upset the fans and we can't upset anybody within the organization. And now that could be certainly something for the Los Angeles Lakers. They don't, they don't want to upset the fans, but they also have to make something logical within the signing because they don't want to have too much talent to where they can't utilize it all. And now you're just giving guys paid money to sit around and really not be utilized to their full potential or whatever potential they have left to use their talents for the right way for the Los Angeles Lakers, right? Because... You have all these different guys, but you have to be able to utilize them the right way. And you still want to have too much power because of the dead ease situation, and you just can't use them anymore. And you scratch your head like, what do we do? We have guys in their prime, and seasoning out of their prime is like, this is where we're at. And that can become a tricky situation. But for Paul Millsap, that is huge. That playoff-bound teams... Playoff contention teams are saying, we want you on our squad, and that is affirmative. Will he get signed? Absolutely. Will one of those free teams sign him? I believe so. And I'm going to keep him on the situation, and I encourage you guys to do the same because Paul Millsap is a guy that will go hard mentally, physically, and Whatever else you ask him to do on that court, he will do it and he will do it with his smile on his face and just know that the rewards on the other side of hard, 
right? That is who Paul Millsap is. He's a good scorer. He's a good offensive player, a good defensive player. And that can be broken down to his strengths and his weaknesses. But I believe he has more strengths than he does weaknesses. And if I were the Phoenix Suns, I would have gone him. Uh, they wanted him too, but the problem is of cap because of money. You don't want to go too much into the luxury tax. I can't believe uh, the Phoenix Suns owner, Robert Sarver, actually went into the luxury tax. actually wanted to spend more of his money, spend more of the organization's money, which is really interesting when you break it down. But that is where we're at. So yeah, I'll keep you guys monitoring that. And with all of that being said... That is that. Now, a uh, playoff Rondo. Um, he 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 was traded. Who remembers when the Clippers traded him, Pat Bev, and another guy over to the Memphis Grizzlies for um, Eric Bledsoe? Well, is now being um, rumored and reported. Now, Rajon Rondo may not be expected to stay with the Memphis Grizzlies as the Grizzlies are trying to go into a younger core, maybe not so many veterans, when they traded away different players, when they were trying to go into a younger direction by getting uh, Jared Culver and Hernan Gomez for an exchange for Patrick Beverly, right? They're trying to get away from the older guys. They want to bring in the newer guys. They want to build their team around the younger guys' craft, skill, and just build that locker room from the 20-year-olds and up, right? And for Rajon Rondo, he does not fit with the Memphis Grizzlies. And this is like an Andre Iguodala-type experience example that could be given because when Andre Iguodala was traded from the uh, Warriors to the Memphis Grizzlies, well, Golden State didn't want uh, Iguodala anymore, so he traded him to Memphis, and he held out because, hey, who wants to play for Memphis? That's not going to get you the big bucks, the fame, right? Especially for a 36-year-old that's won multiple championships and has been a part of some good runs in the NBA Finals and been known as a good player in the NBA Finals when that team needed him. So he didn't want to stay. And the team was hesitant on him. And Dylan Brooks was calling him out and whatnot. I believe it was Dylan Brooks. And he was taking shots at him, saying they didn't want him on the team. Blah, blah, blah. Drama was insinuating and... Long story short, we saw Andre Iguodala sit out, and then I believe he the, uh, they both departed ways, and he was able to go to the Miami Heat for a season, and now he's back with the Warriors. So, yeah, the team that traded you, is you're not back, right? It just happens that way. But that's a great example of saying, look, the older guy didn't fit out in a younger team, in a younger core, and that is respectable, and that is... Um, imaginable, and it's happened for the entirety of the NBA. Whenever you could buy out a contract, whenever you could request a trade, you wouldn't have to be super glued to that team because they drafted you or they signed you, right? And this is the same for Rajon Rondo. And Rajon Rondo is getting to the point in his career 
where he does not have that many seasons left. I don't know what the man is thinking. I don't know what his mentality, his strategies behind everything. All I know, he's 35 years old, and he's been at this for 15 years. He's coming to his 15th season, and I think he's ready to do something else, to be on a Puff Katan team, if that is foreseeable. That can actually happen, correct? And he's... He's been a lot around many teams before. He's been with the Boston Celtics. We know that from 2006 to 2014. Then with Dallas. Then with the uh, Kings. Then with the Bulls. Then Pelicans. Then Lakers. Then the Hawks. Then the Clippers, right? So he's been on a handful of teams. But, and this is confirmed by CBS Sports, by Real GM, Fan Nation. Uh, Mass Alive, uh, Cut Sports, uh, ESPN, I believe, bright different sources, and it was saying Rajon Rondo is reportedly unlikely to remain with the Grizzlies, opening door to another move with a trade or with a contract buyout, or they're just going to simply release him, right? Something that's going to happen to get him out of Memphis. So to me, when I heard of that, I my first uh, inclination was to go to the Andre Iguodala fallout with the Warriors to Memphis, to the Memphis fallout, to go to the Miami Heat. That is what my mind ran to first, and that gave an example. Um, we can have varying examples, but that to me is a prime example with recency, right? As that happened like two seasons ago, right? And, so yeah, this is not the biggest news in the world, but still news that needs to be talked about because he adds veteranness, veteran leadership, veteran awareness, veteran insights to the game to a younger core or to a team of older guys and younger guys or mixed guys that are, like, in the middles of their 20s and 30s or 18s to 29. So, like, just give them random numbers, Right. So, he may not be as productive on the court as we once seen him in his Boston years. 48 seasons, he was there with the franchise. However, he's a valuable piece in the locker room. A valuable piece on the training courts, on the, the practice, on the practice kit. Ugh, I cannot speak today. On practicing. He, he'll make guys work. And he'll let guys figure out the game and he'll teach them valuable skills through his leadership, through his experience and through his experiences and how he's dealt with personal things on on the corner and whatnot. So with all of that being said, Roger Rondo is not expected to stay with the Memphis Grizzlies. It's not the biggest news in the world, but it's not the smallest news on the world. It's like in that happy medium, right? And for over the weekend stuff, that is what we have on our Sunday special so far. Right now, um, speaking about the Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics have decided that they will be retiring the jersey of Kevin Garnett again um, on March 13th when they compete against the Mavericks. So that's really cool news. They're honoring the Hall of Famer KG, uh, the savage man that just went after NBA players through his trash talk and through his style of the game, through physicality and mentality and mental games, right? 
So they're finally retiring his jersey. I was always a fan of Kevin Garnett. I thought Kevin Garnett was cool. A cool basketball player. And yeah, he was he was with Boston from 2007 to 2012. So he was there for some time. And I think it's pretty cool they're going to be doing it on uh there was yeah Mar- on March 14th against the Mavericks. I think that's yeah, it's going to be next year. So be planning on that as yeah. I like, I have no like I have like really nothing to say because he was a great player and whatnot. Everybody knows who's Kevin uh Kevin Garnett is. I saw the star on the lineup of Kevin Garnett. But yeah, pretty much it's like that simple. They're retiring his jersey. And he put up really good numbers because if you don't remember, they had the Boston Big Free featuring Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett. If I recall that correctly. And he averaged some significant numbers. And yeah, I saw it was something pretty cool to see. I saw it that it showed that he was competing at a high level in the peak of his career, prime time. He was ready to go. So yeah, that's exciting news. I'll tune into that when that is happening because that is going to be awesome to see. Now, here's some po- here's some positive news for the Golden State Warrior fans out there. For Clay Thompson fans and Christmas Day fans. Who doesn't like Christmas? Who doesn't like the Warriors? And who doesn't like Clay Thompson? Well, the Warriors are targeting the Christmas game against the Phoenix Suns for Clay Thompson's return to the court. Wow. Just wow. If we actually break that down, he has missed from 2019 to now. From the 2019 NBA Finals to the to, to now, and so what I mean by that is he's missed the past two championships. The um he was there when the Raptors won, but he he missed out on the Lakers winning in 2020 because he was out due to a torn ACL. Then he torn their other ACL, which he didn't see or didn't play with. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks won. The championship. So he's been out for over two years now. He's been out for two years. At least. Or a little over two years. And if you think about that. That is pretty crazy. That's pretty messed up. That injuries have just ruined this man's career. These past years. These past two years. Because Clay Thompson. Was a part of the second coming of the. Uh, Splash Bros, the Splash Brothers, with Stephen Curry, and he has not played since 2018, um, when he torn his ACL in Game 5, was it? Game 5? Yeah. Against the Toronto Raptors, and during that entire season, he scored 20, 21 points, and when he officially makes his uh, career by, like, debut again after two torn ACLs on separate knees, I think it was separate knees. That it would be showing up at 2021. So if you're looking at it, so for Golden State, he played 2011 to 2018. Pause to go to 2021. So there'd be like that three year gap that someone's got to explain to some child or some man or some woman that's looking it up and they're like, where was he for two years or three years? Why is it absentee? Like, why was he absent? And it's just crazy because. 
it's just crazy because he got robbed these past two seasons of what the Warriors could have been. But it was also more shocking as a few months ago, I addressed Steve Kerr on my podcast. And I'm like, this man's a total fraud because you still had Stephen Curry, James Wiseman, uh, Andrew Wiggins. You had all Draymond Green. You had all these different guys. And I get it. Injuries play effect. But when your guys are healthy enough to go into the playing tournament, you, you shouldn't be failing like that. I get it. Injuries have gotten in the way. But as a... Hall, as people call him a great head coach, a Hall of Fame head coach, not my words, theirs, it's like crazy because shouldn't he be able, same for Greg Popovich, who is carried by Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Kawhi Leonard, when you have those three guys during your entire career span of head coaching, it's pretty easy to win championships, become recognizable, it's just that easy. But, yeah, it was just crazy because when you think about it, how could you not take that team with all of your experience? And I get it. Obstacles and challenges become in the way. But still, you as a head coach need to figure that out. Especially when Stephen Curry's pulling up MVP-like stats in the second half of the season, right? I'm just saying that that's pretty sad. And a little bit embarrassing and or prophetic, however people look at it. But not going down that route, staying on the positivity train that the Warriors are projecting or targeting the Christmas Day game against the Phoenix Suns for Clay Thompson's return to the court. And that obviously would be a huge day for uh, Warrior fans, for Clay Thompson fans, and for NBA fans in general. Why? Because we haven't seen this duo play in over two years since 2019 NBA Finals. We've not seen... Clay Thompson shoot a basketball in game uh, in front of a live crowd or even in a non-live crowd during the bubble. So to me, that's really significant that he's come back. And that's really good news that that actually happens. And that would actually be two months after opening day, two months in like a week, right? So keep your, keep your eyes on that. That is going to be interesting. And yeah. Um, so speaking about injuries, Victor Oladipo could be cleared from his quad injury as soon as November. That would be a month or so after the league season begins. This is great news for Victor Oladipo as he's been dealing with injuries and he's been trying to make back it on back onto the court after knee injury, now his quad injury. But he's with the Miami Heat right now, right? Yeah, he's with the Miami Heat right now. So for the Heat, you're saying, okay, we're getting back Old Depot. Now we're gonna have Old Depot, Butler, Hero, Bama Bio, and Kalori. So far, that's really good. And when you're breaking down that. Uh, roster even more, you're like, okay, the Heat can be very good, could be a puff contained team. So to say, okay, he's only going to miss the first month, and these are just projected hypotheticals, right? This is not confirmed that we have a scheduled timeline return. We have a scheduled date for his return. However, this is a positive sign to see for his quadricep injury. And he's like, okay, we're only going to miss the first month, Give or take, let's say he turns back on the 1st, the league does start to the 19th of October. 
So, he's not really missing a month, depending on when he returns. So, for the Heat, that is huge. And they can keep adding firepower from the passing side, from the attacking side, from rebounding side, and in, in essence, shooting and different things like that. So, that's good news. That is good news for the Miami Heat and something that has to be monitored because I actually do believe that Victor Oladipo, once healthy or semi-healthy enough to compete as as, uh, his capabilities and abilities, I actually believe we'll see something huge out of the Miami Heat, not just based off their solo ride and die of Victor Oladipo, butt of Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, uh, Bama Bao, Tyre Hero, and all those different guys. Mark my words. Take to the bank. Like, whatever. I honestly believe that with my heart and everything else because I believe that 100%. And I don't know if that become true or not, but that's what I believe. And that's what I'm going to keep it to be. Now... Oh, what's boxing been like? Who am I? Like, I was never alive for Muhammad Ali, and I don't know how many people you guys were. But who am I with Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, uh, Floyd Mayweather, all these different boxers, all these fighters. But now we're going to have, and I'm, I'm not saying anything's wrong in this, but now... Boxing has gone away from boxing, from this fight event, just trying to get these uh, YouTuber names, these social media names, um, and just trying to make the most money off of it. And that's not really boxing anymore. Like We've gone away from boxing, right? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Logan Paul, Jake Paul fight, uh, whoever KSI is, uh I guess some social media influencer called Bryce Hall. And this is no shot to them. That is not what I'm saying at all. I've not even heard some of these men, right? All I'm saying is I believe we've gone away from the art of boxing, from the true sport of boxing, because we can say we want about the Paul versus a Mayweather fight. And it's not even close. Floyd Mayweather won that fight. Uh, I actually believe Paul was knocked out. Just no one really wants to confirm that. But besides all of that, I just believe boxing has lost its art, has lost the joyfulness, like the will to watch it. Unless you really want to see someone lose because you hate their guts or you're just not a fan of them. Or maybe you are a fan of them. I don't know. But I don't know. Boxing to me is just different. That's why I like the UFC so much. Because they're not doing any of that stuff with different promotions and different things like that. I like the class. I don't know. Because I've been watching old school UFC. I've watched new school. I've I've watched Ken Shamrock matches. I've watched uh, Anderson Silva matches. Conor McGregor matches. Khabib matches. I've watched many matches. I've watched TJ Dillashaw matches. Corey Garbrandt matches. I've watched everything. And I'm... I can't even name all of the uh, top-notch athletes I've seen on the UFC. It's just too many to recount. Dustin Poirier is another one. All of these guys are another one because they're hard. They're like 
they're they're legit fighters, right? They're trained fighters that are ready to act on instinct and, and not to be reactive but proactive and just do this for the sport. And it's like it's not like a bad fight to where they're just in it for the money, but they're going over a hundred percent. They're going at a hundred percent of the fight. And it's really cool to see. It's energizing. It's intense. It's suspenseful. It's thrilling. It's exciting, right? And that, to me, is why I think UFC is growing stronger than ever. And I think that's why boxing lost its form. Not to take everybody down a rabbit hole. And I don't even know how we got to this point. Talk about the UFC and whatnot. But I just think there's some of a difference. Because I don't think we're just creating random fights for money. Uh, I don't think we're putting random YouTubers and social media guys in a fight now. Because here's the realistic thing. Here's the reality. If you put Conor McGregor or Dustin Poirier or any one of those talented men, those superstars, against a YouTuber, they'll kill them. Like, legit. They will do unspeakable things to their body and not even use 50% of their energy. Just because of how trained they are, how sophisticated they are in their performed art, whether that be jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, boxing style, uh, kickboxing, different things like that, right? So there's a, there's a difference. There's a difference to me. One's for the money, and the other one's for the money, but it just feels more like a fight. More like a fight that's worth entertainment, and just not like so... Like, sad, and you're just like, oh, look at those two YouTubers just going after just for the money and just because that's some online beef. Right, and I don't know if that makes sense to any of you guys, and I can keep talking about UFC and boxing and just what it actually means to me and whatnot. I don't know how I got down this. You guys may completely disagree with me, or you guys may agree with me. Either way, I'm okay with that because I just have my own preferences. As I just keep watching the sport and watching these great men fight and do and entertain us uh, for their uh, uh, craft and whatnot. But the reason why I was bringing up boxing and, and whatnot is because uh, Kendra Perkins actually said that he would love to box Draymond Green. I quote this, and this is what Kendra Perkins said, and I quote, he don't want that smoke. And history tells me he don't, really don't want that smoke. Um, um, real quick, is like, I don't know what that means, but like, he doesn't want to smoke. Does that just mean, um, that he just really doesn't want to fight? That he really doesn't want to do it? That he really does he's not man enough to do it or something like that? And that's not me being weird or anything, but I, I don't know what that means, like, when someone doesn't want that smoke. To me, I, I'm, I'm not too sure. Maybe I'm just outdated with terminology. But first thing first, uh, Kendrick Perkins, I, I believe you could box Draymond Green, but do you know what I, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like, you're just two celebrities going after it. Like, Draymond Green has been working on the gym, and you haven't. Not saying that Kendrick Perkins could not get in shape like Draymond Green, nor is out of shape. All I'm saying is this. Given the current state right now, Draymond Green 
even if it's regular and whatnot, even if with everything, even with protective headgear, would still demolish um, Kendrick Perkins, right? Like, he's like Draymond Green, 6'6", six, six, and he has muscles. And Kendrick Perkins, I know he had a basketball career, but um, you're 6'10", and have no muscles, really. Unless I'm, unless I'm missing them. I don't know. I don't know what spurred that on for him to even say he wanted the box. Uh, Draymond Green. I don't know if he was kidding or not. I just saw the article. I saw the headline. But let's say this is true. I say he legit wanted to do it for entertainment, for money, for the last of it, right? Um, who would want to see Kendrick Perkins against Draymond Green? I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just that to me, you're just having like a YouTuber against like some social media influencer. That's basically like reminding me of. Is it just two celebrities going after it? Could it bring a tiny crowd pop? Could you get some t- uh, tickets sold? I think you could get some tickets sold, but here's the thing. I don't know how interesting that would be. And I know you're taking shots at Draymond Green. I know you're calling them out. But... Bro, if I'm Kendra Perkins, I hope you're joking or something because um, Jeremiah Grant has more physicality. And if he had a box, I think he'll actually box. I don't think Draymond Green would be afraid to uh, punch somebody. Just ask Steph, uh, Stephen Adams. He would tell you he likes to go dirty. He likes to punch people where it hurts. And I, I don't know. I think it probably was just a joke. And if he was real, and if he was calling out Draymond and Gray, um, if they can get that thing signed up and officiated correctly and official, sure, why not? Let's test that uh, craziness out. However, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, I'm trying to imagine my head right now. Like, and I don't know if you guys could picture this too, but as we're talking about everything right now, I imagine Kendra Perk is getting the octagon right now, and standing across him is Khabib. Just imagine it. It's Perkins against a famous grappler who's undefeated in his MMA career, who retired undefeated by going 20-0. I can't remember the record exactly, but I think it's like 20-0 or something like that. Um... Even against T.J. Dillashaw, you, you want to win. I, I don't know. I just imagine all of these guys just pummeling uh, Kendrick Perkins. And this is no shock to either man. Um, that is not what I am playing at all. I'm just saying, realistically, Perkins would not win. Now, boxing, maybe, because you're just punching. You're slipping. You're defending yourself. You're not really throwing kicks, I don't believe. Um, all I do know is, is this, that Draymond has some arm power. You gotta have to have some arm muscle, some arm power, and consistency, and what you do when you're in the NBA, right? You train a lot. You train, I'm pretty sure, daily. I don't know what his regimen is, schedule is for working out. Um, but I do know this, he works out regularly and he has to be consistent in that in order to keep his NBA professional job 
because he plays for an organization that expects things out of him. He needs to produce that. And it has to be through uh, dieting, through his meal plans, through his training, through everything, right? But um, I would take Draymond Green. Let's say this fight's real. And this actually gets official. Um, okay, I'll take Green. I would take Draymond Green over over Perkins. I would I would think so. Cause I don't know. I would take I would take Green. I would just take Green. Now, what about you guys? Who would you take? And I probably took you guys in different directions. I I, I don't know how I got down to my preferences on boxing. Because truth be told, at least they're boxing and doing something out of their comfort zone, maybe. I, I don't know what their comfort zone is, but at least they're giving a shot at boxing. I'm just here talking about boxing. But yeah, I don't even know how I got down to that. I don't know how I got down to the UFC, different guys like that, boxing and just the art of it. Yeah, different things like that. But who would you think would win the fight of Perkins against Draymond Green if that ever happened? And I want you to look up a photo of Kendrick Perkins and Draymond Green. Compared side by side. No, 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 legit. Compare that side by side. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. I, I don't know if, like, he was kidding about this. I don't know. But all I know is if a fight ever happened between them, it's boxing, it's officiated the correct way. Uh, I think you'll get I think you could get at least ten thousand people to buy the pay-per-view to see or buy the match. Yeah, I think some people will be interested. But one's an ESPN commentator and one's a professional basketball player that's still active on the main roster. I don't know. I always take the professional athlete over an ESPN commentator or any commentator of any sport any day of the week and twice on Sunday. That's just me. I don't know. But that but that's my feelings on this. I thought that was a little bizarre to see. But I guess if um um as Kendra Perkins said, if Draymond is not accepted, he's afraid. He didn't want all that smoke, but if I guess Draymond accepts, he really does want the smoke. And now you see that. And if anybody can comment down below or deem, uh, direct message me on what it means to um, say that he wants all the smoke or something like that. I'm probably just going to have to look it up. I, I don't know. Like That would really be helpful. I sound very old right now. I just, I heard it before. But then again, I haven't because I just never cared to look it up. But now I'm curious, right? I don't know how we got down this conversation. But you know what conversation I am getting down to? I am getting down to my most favorite one of them all in this podcast. As we are done with the breaking news, but now we are moving on to the fun topic. The topic that every Sunday should be talking about, or at least varying, right? And it is this. And that is this. The fun topic, who would win in the NBA Finals if it was the healthy Warriors against the healthy Nets? Uh, Nets. And I'm gonna, in a minute, I'm going to add um, the Lakers, healthy Lakers against the healthy Nets because people wanted that for, 
uh, what do you call it, for the NBA Finals, for the 2021 NBA Finals. They wanted to see that instead of Bucks Suns. I was personally entertained by that matchup. I don't think so for Nets, uh, Lakers. A, because we've seen too much of LeBron and B. I really don't want to see Nets roster, Nets big freaks. I'm not a big fan of it as things go. I wish them the best of luck with it. But, yeah, no. No, not really. No. No, just no. But, yeah. So, who would win if it was healthy? If it was a healthy Warriors roster against a healthy Nets roster? And this is like a best of seven competition in the NBA Finals. This is just not one game. But, who would win? I'm looking at everything now. And, the... The Nets have the big three, which is Harden, Durant, Irving. Then they got Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris, Patty Mills, and different guys like that. Javon Carter. To me, that that's not bad. I'm going to change over to the Warriors real quick. And they have Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, Otto Porter Jr., and different guys like that. Now, I don't know about you guys, but let's take this by each position. And Stephen Curry is listed as a point guard, so we'll go by that. So the point guard would be James Harden against Stephen Curry. I would take Stephen Curry because he's a little more consistent over James Harden. James Harden does have a nice three-pointer, but it's pretty much all that he does, really. It's what he's known for. He, um, But for Stephen Curry, he has more variety. He has the three-point shot. He has any shot on the court. He does not miss. He has great mid-range. He can take that into the lane. Dribble skills are off the charts, and he'll even pass it occasionally. James Harden, he's more of a ball hog and just likes taking each shot, each shot for himself. So I'm going to award the uh, award for the better point guard. Now, for shooting guard, we have Kyrie Irving. And then for the Warriors, we have Clay Thompson. Now, going to a healthy uh, Warriors team that actually has a healthy Clay Thompson and a healthy Kyrie Irving... On the healthy Knicks, uh, Nets roster, that is a tough one. But here's my, like it's a tough matchup because Clay Thompson is a great spot shooter. He's a great shooter from the three point area and the two point area, right? And same can be said about Kyrie. However, Kyrie has better explosive handles. He's a better dribbler by far, and it's not even close. With Clay Thompson. Now if we're comparing uh, Stephen Curry and Kyrie. That would be different. That would be more tough. But because Kyrie has better passing abilities. And has an all around passing. Dribbling. uh, Shooting. Attack mode. That's pretty. That's pretty special. And that's pretty amazing for the Nets. So I'm going to say. The Nets get shooting guard. Now, power forward. Um, I'm not even going to break this down. One is Draymond Green and one is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant can't play defense to save his life. And Draymond Green can't play, stu- play offense to save his life. One is defense player, one is offense player. But because 
defense would win championships. I still believe the height advantage would go to KD. The athleticism would go to KD. And the shooting performance, offense performance would go to KD. And I think that just outmatches Draymond Green. But still a good defensive player. He beats KD out in defensive stats and defensive performances, right? Okay. Center. James Wiseman against DeAndre Jordan. I'm going to take Wiseman over Jordan. Here's why. Because Wiseman is up and coming fresh. But DeAndre Jordan is... But they're both inconsistent. But one has a better veteran um, mentality. Has been in the league longer than Wiseman. Has found his footing with this team. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna retract that vote, and I'm gonna put in DeAndre Jordan as the best center because a as I was saying, he has better leadership skills. He understands the game better. He's been in the NBA longer. He's adjusted to their physicality, and they've built a team around a bunch of shooters. Yes, both teams have that, but the Warriors don't utilize their big man as they do for uh, the Nets do. James Wiseman does not have that. They're trying to make him more of a three-point shooter and take him out of his element than they are with DeAndre Jordan, right? And so I'm going to give that to Jordan because at least Jordan has more say over this game than what the Warriors are giving to James Wiseman. And that is pretty much it. Um, For the forward, for the power, point guard, for the shooting guard, right center, Arson forward. But yeah, so who would win in a best of seven NBA Finals? And both these rosters are talented, but that is very hard to try to wrap your head around because you have the Brooklyn Nets big free. However, would it be enough for the Warriors to actually be plummeting. Would it be would the Nets be enough with their current roster to beat the Warriors? Both teams, besides Draymond Green, cannot play defense. I'm gonna throw Blake Griffin and potentially DeAndre Jordan in there. Besides those three guys, no one else can play defense. Maybe Andre Iguodala, maybe Andrew Wiggins, but then when you break it down to like oh Porter Jr. too, maybe the better bench goes to the Warriors, because Damian Lee's been good. Uh, Jordan Poole's been good. All Porter's good. I can't wait to see Moody. I like seeing Kevin Looney. He's good. But then when you go over here, you just see Edwards, Bembry, Sharp, Carter, Perry, Johnson, Johnson, Tom, excuse me, Thompson, Claxton, uh, Brown Jr. Personally, I'm not a big fan of that. One has a better bench, so... It would also go to a best of seven. It would go to game seven. Now, who would win that? I would take the Warriors because I think the bench would outplay the Nets bench when the starters are out. And I think Curry and Clay would just be the Splash Brothers and would be the best duo out there. And they both know what each teammate can provide. And they're not complete ball hogs like... The uh, Nets, where they just want to say, I want to take a shot, I want to take a shot, I want to take a shot. Especially James Harden, especially Kevin Durant, and maybe even Kyrie Irving to some extent. 
He just likes being flashy with the ball, right? Um, so to me, then you separate that down like center. It's like, okay, okay. When looking at that entirely, okay, you, we have something more special with that. And well, you have the starting five, Wiggins, and, uh, Wiggins Curry, Thompson, Green, and then Wiseman. That's not bad. It's really, really good. So I would take that over the starting five of the Brooklyn Nets, which would be Harden, Durant, Kyrie, Griffin, and Jordan. I just would. I just would because Ball Hawks, majority of the starting lineup, just kills it. Blake Griffin, he's a great a shooter, but he's inconsistent. He finds consistency again, but he's more of a good uh, scrapping, hard, intimidated defensive player. Same with DeAndre Jordan. But I think the Warriors will have more firepower if they're not having an off night, right? Given that no one has an off night, I would take the Warriors in a heartbeat. Because I think Curry, Thompson, Green, Wiggins, and Wiseman will all share their load correctly. And I don't think that they would be ball hogs over it. Just uh, like the Nets would be. What would you guys think about that? Would you guys take the Nets in seven or the Warriors in seven? But now moving on, this is giving it more interesting. And this is the matchup that people wanted to have. But really didn't get it because some people were upset of it. I was not upset of it. I was actually happy we did not get the Lakers-Nets matchup for the NBA Finals. But that's just one man's opinion. But here's the thing. Here's how I'm looking at it. Warriors against Nets were good. I would take the Warriors. So the Warriors would bet the Nets. But could the Nets bet the Lakers and who they have right now? Could they? If everyone is healthy, and for the majority of the part, besides, yeah, the Lakers were injured too. But can the Nets beat out the Lakers? When looking at everything, let's go position by position. Shooting guard is LeBron James against Kyrie Irving. LeBron James is just built bigger. Can bring that physicality, that aggression to the pain. Can score on will. Can shoot anywhere. He's a good dribbler. He's like an all-around um, NBA player. He can rebound with one, two. And he's just one of those leaders. I don't see Kyrie as that. Kyrie, to me, is a semi-leader of LeBron James. And he cannot force his way into the paint like LeBron does. He cannot command an offense like LeBron does. So, shooting guard goes to... Um... LeBron James. Point guard is Russell Westbrook against James Harden. And to me, we're looking at that. Um, Russell Westbrook, because even though he's a ball hog, LeBron James is going to get him into check. It's going to get him in the place to where his, his massive ego is not going to run rampage. LeBron doesn't operate that way. Whether you hate him or you love him or you're just neutral with him, it doesn't matter. He will make sure that everyone is where they're supposed to be and act accordingly to plan. If not, GM LeBron would trade you or get you seriously in trouble. But I would give it to uh, Russell Westbrook because he can rebound, he can pass, and he can shoot. And he's always there for himself. 
to where James Harden is always there for himself and always likes taking a shot. Now, power forward, Anthony Davis against Kevin Durant. I'm going to take Kevin Durant. Why? Because A, one's not made of glass, and one has a better skill range, a better skill shot, better jump shot, a better three-point shot, and able to take better shots from around the court, where Davis is a little more limited in his game, and is not able to be as dominant as Kevin Durant is. I'm just being honest here. Now, net center against Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan. I would take DeAndre Jordan. Why? Because when looking at this right now, he um he averaged seven eight points eight points seven and a half points seven and a half rebounds per game for the uh, Nets. And then when you go down to White Howard, I'm gonna take the stats that he had uh, with the Lakers back in 2019 when they won the championship. Seven and a half points is seven and three fourths of rebounds, right? Or three tenths of a rebound, right? And that's not bad. They're both there, but Dwight Howard's expe- um is up there in age. He's thirty five years old. How uh Jordan's thirty three years old, and to me, I would take Jordan just because he has he's younger and he has, but not by much, right? But he still brings that physicality. And he knows where his role is. To where Dwight Howard, he's just there for moral support. His prime is past him. And again, when talking with the bench, the bench that the Nets have is pretty pathetic as things go. The only good bench players they have is Joe Harris, Patty Mills, and Javon Carter. To, but with the Lakers, they have um, Malik Monk, Marcus Saul, THT, Trevor Reza, to a certain extent, and Wesley Matthew, to a certain extent. But M- Malik Monk is especially interesting. And same with Carmelo, because Carmelo's a forward. And I guess you could put him up there too, on, off the bench or in the starting position. Probably off the bench, in my opinion. So I'm going to just. Do that just for now to make things easier. When looking at that, the Lakers have a more uh, defining bench than the Nets by far. I don't believe it's close because Malik Monk makes it interesting. Mel makes it interesting. THT makes it interesting. Gasol makes it interesting because of his tradition, uh, traditional ways. Uh... Wesley Matthews can be on and off. Ariza's there for a leader and veteran uh for leadership as a veteran on the bench. So to me, the bench will win for the Lakers. And if we had to go best of seven, that's tough. That is really, really, really tough. As I don't know who would win that. I honestly don't know. Because I don't think the Lakers could hold up. That entire time. I think they will crumble eventually because of egos, because of injuries, because of how old they are. And the same could be said about the Nets. But even through injuries, you saw Kevin Durant giving all he had. And even though he choked the game winner and airballed the game winning free against the Milwaukee Bucks to send them home in the pivotal game seven and a crucial game seven, uh, uh, nail, uh, nail biting game seven. He still pulled a lot of fire when there was no Kyrie, 
no Harden probably was non-existent because of his hamstring injury, even though he was present in that game, active in that game, and had an active role on that team. However, I will say this. Kyrie, Harden, and Durant all have their ego issues, all have their pride issues, all have their issues of playing as one. They just can't do that. They all want to be alpha leader, and they all want to have the spot on them. Sometimes it's going to fade. Sometimes that's just not going to work out. However, in this case, even though they don't have the better bench, I think they'll out-edge the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers will hold up mentally, physically, and just emotionally. But I think the Nets will. Because I think the Nets will be more hungry. Because I think LeBron give out. Anthony Davis will give out. Then the entire starting five. Because I think you have too many clashing personalities. Even though it can all mash together. Even though you have all these different skill traits. And all these different attributes. That can be contributed to your team. To your roster. I just don't think it's going to hold out long term. Like an NBA Finals. After going round after round after round after round. To make it to the NBA Finals. I don't think they can go to distance for seven games, but I think the Nets can. So I think the Warriors can beat the Nets, but I think the Nets can beat the Lakers. And I truly do believe that. And I think going out of the Bay in the entirety of California, if that is the case, the Lakers would not be better than the Golden State Warriors. Just going off of who can beat the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA Finals, right? And who has the better roster come out of the NBA Finals. So, with all of that being said, I think the Nets will win against the Lakers in seven games. That is my personal opinion. I'm going to stick with it because I think it's a valid one. Now, what do you guys think? Direct message us on social media. Hit us up on all of our social media links. Hit us up on the podcast, just by, uh, especially on SoundCloud. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. Or, yeah, just or email us at courtsheatfortangema.com. Or text us uh, from Instagram. You can find our phone number right there. Because we want to hear your guys' opinion. And it is such a valid one because you just never know what you guys, what our people are thinking. What we're thinking. What you guys are thinking. And it's just a great conversation starter. And a conversation continuer. So with all of that being said, this was the fun topic. I, had, I actually had fun with this on... Our Sunday edition of the podcast is Sunday special because it's something it's something unique. It's something different because who's really talking about the NBA Finals right now? Like who would win the NBA Finals if it was healthy Warriors against the healthy Nets or healthy Nets against the healthy Lakers? Given those scenarios, breaking down each of the positions, breaking down the roster by starting five, then the uh, total bench for each side. It was pretty fun breaking down because it's like it's real eye opener. Like, can they actually hold up? Can they actually coexist? Can they actually do this without failing? Can they rise above expectations, limitations, pressures, and different things like that? But I thought that was amazing. I am actually really happy we did this list. Well, we actually broke it all down and everything like that. I'm happy we actually came out with this Sunday special because I think this is really cool for you guys to listen to something on, on Sunday. If you're not into the football games and you're missing basketball and you're trying to 
figure out what you want to be learning about new or talking about new with your friends and family. And this is it. This is a fun conversation to have, a fun topic to discuss because it's a very valid one. Who would win? It really makes you think on the roster, how they will play in the 82 games, and if they if either team makes the playing tournament or not, or to go right to the hardcore playoffs. Because we're playing a full 82-game season, so everybody has to adjust back to that lifestyle as they did in 2018, 2019, right? So that's going to be very interesting. Very, very interesting. So with all of that being said, remember you guys can find us on courtsy.com. You can find all of the products, everything on courtsy.store, or just go to our shop on the main store, which is just courtsyheat.com slash shop slash. And then you can find us on social media by going to twitter.com slash courtsyheat, instagram.com slash courtsyheatnba, facebook.com slash courtsyheat, tumblr.com slash courtsyheat, and wherever else you get your podcast from, your information from. We're going to keep updating medium.com. Remember, excuse me, that is courtsyheat.medium.com. Don't miss it. It's really cool. We got jam-packed things happening. And yeah, our week can be crushed this week, but it's going to be exciting. And we're just getting closer and closer to that NBA start date. Because three months from now, we would be three days into the NBA season. And it's exciting. It really, really is. And I just cannot wait. And until then, guys, thank you for stopping on by, listening to Sunday special. And we'll be back here tomorrow morning, Monday morning, 8 a.m. to talk about more basketball, bringing more conver- more fun conversations, more topics, more eye-opening topics that are like, whoa, this is X and this is how they respond. Or we're okay, they just have to do this. And just different things like that. We've been we've been talking about the Lamelo uh Lonzo Ball. I'm sorry, <laughs> Lonzo. I mean, Zion Williamson and, and Pelicans fallout, why the Christmas games mean so much more, the Dennis Schroeder debacle, the, um, what the offseason talks about these different teams. We're going to continue on that series as we discuss like the likes of the Knicks, Celtics, Suns, Lakers, different teams like that. We're just going to keep on continuing as we have 30 NBA teams. And if I'm doing my math right, two per episode means we're going to have 15 episodes dedicated to this. We already got two episodes down, four teams down, and now just 26 more to go. We'll bring Nerd 2 in. We got all the time in the world, all the days in the world because the NBA does not start until three months from now. And it's going to be exciting. So until then, I will see you guys on the next podcast episode tomorrow morning, Monday morning, 8 a.m. Arizona time. And yeah, it's going to be amazing. And until then, we'll see you guys tomorrow. And yeah, we'll take it from there. But the NBA is one step closer coming back. We're returning to normalcy. We're having fans back. This is an exciting time to be an NBA fan. Rising stars are happening. Major breakouts are happening. And it's all happening right here. Covered by Quartz of Heat. Covered by me. And it's going to be one thrilling event. And I cannot wait. 
So again, thank you guys for listening. You know where to find us. Rate uh, and subscribe. And yeah, we'll be here. Until then, we'll see you tomorrow.